us to, let me give it to you, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Galatians 5, 22. And let's look what the Lord has to say to us tonight. Galatians 5, 22. I was going to do myself. Let's look what the Bible says there in Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the fruit of the Spirit. Lord, you can work in us and through us, and we can... Display Christ in this world. Help us, Lord, to display those wonderful, this wonderful fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So we are going through the uh, lessons or this series on the fruit of the Spirit. Now, again, I say fruit, not fruits. Because if you look at plural, you've got to look at verse 19, where it says, and the works of the flesh. So the works of the flesh is natural to us. That's what we do. It naturally to us, all those things, all those words displayed there in verse 19 and 20 and 21 are natural to, the, to, to, to us humans because we're so sinful and we find ourselves doing any of these things. That's the works of the flesh, plural. But when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit, it is singular. So the fruit of the Spirit is God working in us. The, the works of the flesh is us, but the fruit of the Spirit is God's. So it's not the fruit of the fruit. So uh, we are continuing our message, of course, our series in the fruit of the Spirit and growing more like Jesus. Do you want to be more like Jesus? In this world that is desperately wicked, let me put it this way. People can say, well, this world is not as bad as you say, Pastor. Okay. But look at the world through the Bible, and you tell me if this world is any good. I mean, the world itself is wonderful. God created this wonderful world. I mean, people pay to go on vacations to, sight, to sightseeing. You know, that's God's creation. God created and we go, wow, isn't that beautiful? So people say in this country, in that country, in this place, it's beautiful scene. God did it. But you know what? But as, as, as we live in this world and we see the way people live and behave and speak, we can say there's a lot of wickedness in our world. A lot of evil in our world. If you look through the eyes of the Bible, you will see that what God says, it is true. So when you became a Christian, God gave you His Holy Spirit, and the Spirit began to change you. Just like with re uh, regular fruit, it doesn't happen at once, but over time, you find yourself growing more like Jesus as the Spirit develops this is fruit in your life. So it's not you developing uh, the fruit is God developed in you, working in you, and through you. I mean, you ever heard the thing that says, he's still working on me? Yes, he's still working on us because we're not complete yet. We, we're still sinful. You know, like some days you go five, six steps, and the next day you, you fall like at seven, eight down. And you go like, sometimes you find yourself, I don't feel like I'm a Christian today. <laughs> well, Christianity is not about feelings. You don't feel like you're a Christian. You are a Christian or you're not. You know, that's what it is. But some days, you know, Frustration kicks in, anger kicks in, this and that, and boom, there you go down 10 steps. Then you ask God to forgive you, and you go up, 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 up again. If the Spirit continues to work 
in us and through us. So we used to... We use the word good to describe, I'm, I'm sorry, tonight we're going to look at the fruit of goodness. I forgot to tell you that. So the fruit of goodness. So we use the word good to describe all sorts of things, right? How are you feeling today? Good. Everybody feels good, even if they feel bad. <laughs> good. How are you doing? Good. Can't you see I'm doing good? Good. So <laughs> how was that slice of cake? All right, so you sit in the restaurant, right? And your mouth is full of food. Um, and you're chewing. And then and the lady or the waitress come and say, how's the food? <laughs> you know? Good. And sometimes you just, you, just, you just finish saying, this food is so dry, it's like cardboard. No, good. <laughs> Find yourself doing that? <laughs> but uh, how, how was that slice of cake? Really good. So even God used the word good when he began creation, didn't he? God used the word good to describe the various days of creation. At the end of each day, God looked over what he created and saw that it was good. In fact, at the end of a sixth day uh, and final day of creation, we are told that God saw all that he made and he says it was very good. But those are all examples referring to things. We also use the word good referring to people. We say he's a good kid. We say she's a good woman. We say, he's a good man. When we use the word good with people, we are referring both to their character and their behavior, right? Oh, you're a good boy. Yeah, you're referring to their behavior. They're behaving good, okay? So, and that's the way the Bible uses the word good. Goodness in the Bible refers to uprightness of heart and life. So in a good, uh, uh, and in a good uh, I'm saying it is good and fitting behavior is a matter of integrity and righteous living. So we, you do the right uh, thing simply because it is the right thing to do. You know, people say this way, it is the right thing to do. Why did you do that? It's the right thing to do. People say, oh, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Why not going to do that? Because this way is the right thing to do. And we do it that way because it is the right thing to do. So we have... A saying for each of the fruit of the Spirit, and, and our saying for the fruit of goodness is as follows. I will grow in goodness, and, and I allow the Spirit to, to purify my heart. Just as good, a good tree bears good fruits, and a bad tree bears bad fruit, we are the same way. Your works flow from your heart. You cannot bear the fruit of goodness unless Christ first what? purifies your heart. Okay? An unsaved person does not display the fruit of the Spirit. You follow that? An unsaved is impossible for an unsaved person to display the fruit of the Spirit. Okay? Get this. Goodness in the Bible is not simply who you are, but also what you do and how you act. In many ways, it's similar to kindness. Both goodness and kindness have to do with graciousness and generosity towards others. But the emphasis is different. For an example, kindness has to do with the gracious acts to others flowing from a heart of compassion. Goodness has to do with the inward righteousness that displays itself in outward works. It is a beautiful combination of both purity and generosity. So the fruit of goodness has to do with both being good and doing good. It has to do with good deeds that flow from 
a good heart. If you do good, but not, uh, I'm sorry, if you do good, but not from a good heart, it is not the fruit of goodness. And if you don't do good, then you don't have the good heart to begin with. So let's take a closer look at the fruit of goodness tonight. You ready for that? All right. The goodness of our God. First point number one, is God good? All right, so we have his spirit, and his spirit is displaying his fruit in our lives. So if, if we're talking about the fruit of goodness, this goodness has to come from a source. Who's the source here? God. The spirit of God is, is working in our lives, and we begin to display the fruit of goodness. That fruit of goodness has come from a source. That source is God. Is God good? Yes, he's good. He's good all the time. And all the time, God is good. So we serve a good God. Everybody agree? Yeah. We serve a good God. God is good. You know, when, when we have uh, all kinds of uh, disasters and all kinds of mayhem and headaches in our world, who's the first one they blame? God. God's fault. If God would be that good, he wouldn't allow that to happen. You look at him and you go, you have no idea what you're talking about. So, first, we want to see what the Bible says about the goodness of God. Is God good? Can you testify tonight that our God is good? You already did. God is good. I believe that our God is a good God. So, letter A, He is continually good. He's good all the time. The Bible tells us that our God is good all the time. In other words, you don't have a sec to second-guess God's goodness. If God was not good, I think He already killed all of us. All the, look, all the wickedness that goes in our world, God said, I'm done with you. Psst, psst, psst. Buzz everybody out of the face of the earth. Especially, you know, when people are in wickedness, acting on wickedness, and God will, God will look, what is this? Psst, you're done. God is good. <laughs> he is a good God. I mean, I would not be good to be God because I'll be, <laughs> I'll be zipping everybody. <laughs> oh. So. In other words, you don't have to second guess the goodness of God. You don't have to question the goodness of God. You don't have to doubt the goodness of God. You don't have to wonder uh, uh, if God is good or not. God is good. We serve a good God. Actually, go to Psalm chapter 34, verse 8. I want you to see. He's a psalmist right here actually testifying of the goodness of God. And people that don't, don't understand or say that God's not good, they don't know who God is. Let me put it this way. Look what it says in Psalm 34, verse 8. Look what it says. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. So the psalmist says right here, oh, listen, I already taste of this stuff. I already taste of the goodness of God. I want you to taste it for yourself. God is good. If you eat a nice dessert, all right, Brother Tom, what kind of dessert do you like the best? Never heard of it. I like my four layers of pumpkin cake that my wife makes sometimes. <laughs> oh, there you go. All right. Where's your favorite dessert? Some people can like anything. <laughs> Chrissy, where's your favorite dessert? Chocolate. Okay. So, but see, but if you, let's say, you're eating this nice dessert, and you, mm, first thing you go, hey, you want a bite? Why do you say that? Because they want you to taste how good that piece of cake is. 
Same thing about God. The psalmist says right here, oh, taste and see how good God is. Okay, so he is continually good. Look at Psalm 145, verse 9 says, Oh, Lord, the, the Lord is good to all and extended mercy over all of his works. So no anyone who doubts the goodness of God, listen to this, is fooling himself because the goodness of our God is displayed everywhere you go. We see God's goodness displayed in creation. We see God's goodness with, with the Israelites at the Exodus. We see God's goodness displayed the entire world, uh, the, 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 at Calvary's cross. We see God's goodness everywhere you go. At the moment of salvation is a display of God's goodness. We see God's goodness as he continually sustains the universe. And life is sustained on planet Earth. Listen, folks, it's not man that sustains life on planet Earth. It is God. These, all these are so intelligent, intellectual people that think they know more than God. Now, tell me how life is sustained on Earth. Oh, because of this, because of that, because. Or you continue on sustaining the whole thing. God is. That's why when people come to me about, about we, we just happened by accident, I'm like, you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> That's another lesson for another time. So we see God's goodness in the lives of many of his children. When we see the fruit of the Spirit displayed in people's lives, that's the goodness of God. Yeah. Look what it says in 1 John 1, 5. Then this, then the, I'm sorry, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness. So light is a symbol of all that is good and pure. And so John is saying that God is all good and there is nothing in him that is not good. God is good continually. One of the most basic things you can say about God is that he is good. God is good. In the midst of headaches, God is good. In the midst of pain, God is good. In the midst of anything that we go through, God is still good. Let it be. He is only, I'm sorry, he is only one who is truly good. We can say that there is a lots of good people in this world. There's a lot of good people in this world who have great and good intentions. And hell is full of people with good intentions. All right. I had this discussion the other day. I worked with one person. He said, I am a good guy. But he said it boastfully. And I said, you know, you got these opportunities, you know, to to just, mm. and I said, compared to whom? And I can see immediately that his mind began to think. I said, you a good God, good guy compared to whom? He compared, who you compare yourself to? Are you better than me? You can say that. You can say you're better than Grumpy over there. <laughs> you can say you're better. But who you compare yourself to? Then he was thinking. I said, listen, that's our problem. I can say I'm better than you. You say I'm better, you're better than me. But if you compare your goodness to the goodness of God, we have a problem. Right. We have a problem. Right. Because the Bible says our goodness towards God is nothing but filthy rags. You say, but I'm a good person. Yeah. Everybody thinks that way. Folks, that I don't deny here. There are people who have done, have done great things for humanity. But we humans always compare our goodness to the goodness of others. Some people do good and great things and others exceed their goodness. That's human thinking. That's our human mindset. 
None of us compare our goodness to the goodness of God because God's goodness far exceeds the goodness of any person. Not only God is good, the Bible tells us that, that, uh, tells us that he is the only good. Even Jesus says this way, why call us me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Matthew 10, uh, Mark 10, 18. Some people get confused by Jesus' response here. Was Jesus saying that he was not good because only God is good? But that, that's not what Jesus was, uh, say, says, was saying at all here. He's really asking the question, why do you call me good unless, unless you are so willing to call me God? Only God is good, so you, can, you can't really call me good without also calling me God. There's no good except God. God alone is good. We certainly, uh, uh, we are certainly not good. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. Sadly, we are not good. That's why we need a Savior. That's why we need a Savior, because we're not good. Let us see. We see he does only good. I have heard many times people say in times of great distress, pain, calamities, natural disasters, phrases like that. If God is good, why is these things happening? Why do we always blame God? Why do we always blame God? God's fault. Why do we don't blame Satan? He's the one who comes in to kill and to destroy, right? We blame God. That's amazing. Get this. Only ignorance of people cause them to speak that way against God. Because if they were saved, they will, if they would read their Bible, they would understand that God is indeed good and that he is not the author of evil. They also would understand that our God is full, uh, that our world is full of evil. That our world is a place where Satan dwells. Actually, the Bible calls him the prince of this world. So instead of us blaming God for evil, why don't, like I said, why don't we blame Satan? However, God, God does, whatever God does is good because God is good, and he, be, he, be, and, and he because he continually, he is continually good, I'm sorry. So remember, goodness in the Bible is not only inward goodness, but outward goodness as well. In fact, it is outward goodness that, that specifically flows from the inward goodness. The heart has been changed, and while heart has been changed, our members, the members of the body, begin to act in goodness. As a believer, you can be confident that whatever God works in your life, it is for your good. Sometimes you say, Lord, what are you doing? I don't know what you're doing. He knows what he's doing. Out of frustration, we say these words sometimes. All good things come from what? God, because God is good in all that he does. Look what it says in James 1.17. Every good gift and perfect gift is from above. And coming down from the Father of light, in whom is no variant, Variables, I'm sorry, neither shadow of turning. So our God is continually good. Don't doubt the goodness of God. He is good. Let it be. On earth, he is always did that which was good. 
There should no doubts in the heart of every believer that our God is good. We worship and serve a good God. It should be no doubt that our God is always and continually will be good. Is God good to you? He's good to me. He's been so good to me. Jesus always did that which is good when he was on earth. Jesus is the son of God when he was on earth. He always did what, that which was good. Look what it says in John 8, 29. And he that, that sent me is with me. The Father had not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. Jesus always pleased the Father. God is only pleased when we do good. So that means Jesus always did that which is good. Now, we are his children. We have his spirit in us. Let me put it this way. All right, who are parents here tonight? We have kids. All right. It didn't please your heart when your kids did good. You even reward them sometimes. Oh, so good. I'm going, let's go have ice cream because you've been so good. You know, you know, the whole family gets all happy and all that stuff. You know, don't you think God, God rejoices when we as his children do good? Because every time we do good, we reflect him. People know you're a Christian and you're doing some good things. You do, what do you think they're going to glorify? They're going to see Christ in you, the hope of glory. So our God is good. Number two, goodness in the heart. So we no doubt that our God is good, right? God is good, all right? We go number two, goodness in the heart. So we looked at uh, what the Bible says about the goodness of our God. Next, we want to see what the Bible tells us, goodness in the heart. If the fruit of goodness has to do with good deeds that flows from a good heart, then we need to understand what the Bible tells us about the heart. Does the fruit of our goodness flow from from the heart, or it is a result of what the Spirit of God does in us. It is a result of what the Spirit does in us because our heart, the Bible says, is what? Desperately wicked. So it is a transformation, folks. The fruit of the Spirit is the Spirit of God working in us. So the fruit of the flesh. Let's look at the fruit of the flesh. If we look at verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest which are these. Adultery, fornications, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, reviling, and such like. And we see right here what is the works of an unsaved heart. They say, well, I don't do all these. Well, you fall, we fall somewhere in these things right here. That's the works of the flesh. That's what our natural flesh does. It's natural to us. But look at the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. You know, before I got saved, I didn't love people. I loved myself. You say, really? I did. I was cold towards people. I even joke when people got hurt. They just say, are you dead yet? I'm not kidding. It's the coldness of people's hearts. But the fruit of the Spirit, God puts a new thing in your heart. The fruit of love. Look at that. Joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. The Bible says, against such is no law. That's the spirit working in you. That's the fruit of the spirit. So the fruit of the flesh is what, is, is what we are capable of doing. The fruit of the, the fruit are, the, the, those fruits are normal to us because we are sinful 
uh, we have a sinful nature. The fruit of the Spirit is what the Spirit of God does in us. You and I cannot take credit because you and I are not capable of producing the fruit of the Spirit. No unsaved person can produce the fruit of the Spirit. They don't have the Spirit of God in them. So let a good and evil both come from the heart. First, the Bible tells us that good and evil both come from the heart. Good deeds flows from a good heart. Evil deeds flows from what? A wicked heart. All of our actions, good and evil, proceeds from our hearts. Jesus put it this way. Go to Matthew chapter 15 and verse 17. You say, sometimes we hear these horrible things. You say, how could that people capable of doing that? Ooh, from an evil heart, evil thoughts. And they act upon their evil thoughts. You ever heard of premeditated crimes or premeditated murder? How do they do that? Because they're pre-planned. They're thinking about it. And they put their plan into practice. Look what it says here in Matthew 5, 17. 15, 17, I'm sorry. Do not ye yet understand that whatsoever enter uh, in at the mouth, going into the valley, and it is cast out, uh, cast into the drought. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from what? The heart. And they defile the man. For out of the heart proceeded evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, uh, false witness, blasphemies. Now look what it says, and let me read to you Luke chapter 6, verse 43. For a good tree brings not forth corrupt fruit, neither do a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known for its own fruit. For I, uh, I'm going to stop right here. So in other words, our action shows up who we are. The way we act, the way we behave, it, it shows up who we are. If you're saved, you have your old nature, you have your new nature. If you acting in an evil way, you are serving the old man. If you act in a new nature, if you do begin to do all these good things, you're serving what? The Spirit of God is in you, working in you. There's a constant war going on there. So that is the first thing the Bible tells you about goodness in the heart. Good and evil both come from the heart. Let it be our hearts without Christ. In our human mind, in our human thinking, it is hard to think this, this way because we look around and we think that everybody is good. And that is not what the Bible teaches. We think that everybody is good. Don't we think that way? Oh, these people, they're good people. Oh, again, comparing to whom? We compare to each other. All right. So you see this guy, his mouth is nothing but filth. You see this guy, it's just like his action is just horrible. And there you are in the midst of these two people. And you, it's easy to say, oh, I'm better than you. You guys are messed up. You know why? We compare our goodness to their goodness, but not to the goodness of God. So our hearts without Christ. The Bible tells us, tells us that our hearts outside Christ are desperately wicked. Look what it says in Jer Jeremiah 17:9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? A lot of people think, I'm a good person. My heart is not that bad. You know what people say? I'm going to heaven. Why are you going to heaven? Because I'm a good person. I talk to many people, that's what they say. I'm going to heaven. Why are you going to heaven? Because I'm a good person. Really? Yeah, and I deserve to go to heaven because I'm a good person. Well, nobody goes to heaven because they're good. Because, again, there's no one good. Interesting. So, 
A lot of people think I'm a good person. My heart is not that bad. Well, guess what? That's what your heart, that's your heart talking. And the heart is deceitful, and the heart is deceiving you. What did you expect it to say? The phrase desperately wicked means beyond cure. How many people look in the mirror and say, you're not a good person? Really? Come on. Now you look in the mirror and say, you're not that good of a person. You're a bad person. We think good of ourselves, don't we? In other words, our heart is, is in terrible shape, and there's nothing we can do about it. But Jesus has the cure for it. He's the great physician. The reason we don't do good is because our hearts are not good. Fortunately, God does not save us because we are good, but because he is good. You follow that? The Lord doesn't save us because of because we are good. He saves us because he is good. And he extends his goodness to us. And that's what he says. Hey, listen, I take your wickedness, all your sin, and I give you my goodness. Oh, well, I was using that example of this morning with a lady here. So Jesus wants to take all your sin, and he's going to give you his goodness. What a trade. What a trade. I'm going to wipe your record right nice and clean, not guilty, and I'll give you my goodness. Let us see. Our hearts in Christ. Our hearts are desperately wicked, according to the Bible, but praise the Lord that there is remedy for it. Praise the Lord, it is a great physician. Praise the Lord, it is remedy for it. If we put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and receive Him as our Savior, He will what? Give us a new heart. It's a heart transplant. Remember that Jesus is the great physician. Do you remember the person you, you used to be before you got saved? I remember vividly because I didn't grow up in a Christian home. But I remember the type of lifestyle, the things that, we, that I did. But God give you a new heart, a new direction. Isn't that great? This is good. Praise God. That's exactly what God does for you when you put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and receive him as your Savior. Look what it says in first, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, what a good word. If any man be in Christ, he's what? A new creature. It says, all things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. All things become new in Christ, including the old deceitful heart of your, your that, I'm sorry, of yours that could not, that can only produce evil. So God gives us a new heart when you trust Christ, and now you can do good deeds that glorifies God. Follow that? We can do good deeds that glorifies God, and that's the purpose for it. Our life is to glorify God. The life that we live is to glorify the Lord, God. To Him, to God, be the glory. Our hearts outside of Christ are desperately wicked. God gives you a new heart when you trust Jesus as your personal Savior. Number three, almost done. Growing in the fruit of goodness. We looked at the goodness of our God. We looked at the evil and goodness in the heart. Finally, let's Talk about growing in the fruit of goodness. How do you grow in the fruit of goodness? Of course, first of all, you need to, and the, the new heart, you need to be saved. Of course, you need the Spirit of God in you. 
What do you want to, I mean, anyway, but let me put it this way. How can you grow in the fruit of goodness? Letter A. You ready? Confess your sin and seek to live holy lives for God. Keep short accounts with the Lord. That's how we grow in the fruit of goodness. Keep short accounts. Lord, I messed up. You know, you got to be honest with the Lord. Lord, this was not a good day. I messed up. Lord, I did this. Lord, I, be specific. I don't think we should generalize sin. Lord, I did this. Lord, I did this. Lord, I did this. Please forgive me. And we do this daily because we sin against the Lord daily. Thoughts, temptations, words, actions, attitudes, they'll come about every day in our life. And all of us are guilty of that. So confess your sin and seek to live holy life for God. Look what the psalmist says in Psalm 51.10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. The psalmist is here begging the Lord, clean me, Lord. Only God can create a new heart in us, and only God can renew our hearts as many times as we need. So Psalm 5110 is an uh, appropriate prayer to pray when you first come to, to, uh, to God and when you fall into sin and say, Oh, Lord, create in me a clean heart. You ever confess your sin to the Lord and feel like a load just came out of you? A weight that you carry around? The fruit of goodness. Letter B, how to grow in the fruit of goodness. Letter B, seek to glorify God with your deeds. Folks, we don't work to get saved. You get that? You don't work to get saved. Look what I do. We don't live in this thing right here. Okay, I'm going to put the scale. I'm going to give you 50 pounds of potatoes. Boom, put in the scale. That's good. Oh, next, I'm going to give you two bags of sugar. Boom, that's good. That doesn't lead to salvation. We don't work to get saved. We work because we are saved and we do it for the glory of the Lord. You see that? Seek to glorify God with your deeds. What are I trying to say with that? Thank you for doing this. Praise the Lord. Thank you for doing that. Praise the Lord. To God be the glory. He allow me, he give me the energy, he give me the help, he give me the time to do this so to God, to God be the glory. That's the way it should be. Seeking to glorify God with our deeds. We work for the, for the Lord because we are saved, but when you, you do work for the Lord, seek to glorify him in it. Don't work for the glory of man, but for the glory of God. Look what the Bible says in Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So the purpose is for them to glorify God too. You see the spirit of goodness? I say praise the Lord. And I want people to say praise the Lord. And so people can say hallelujah about it, about it because to God be the glory. Listen, folks, our world needs to see that our God is real. Because we cannot see God, but they, see, they can see Christ in you. You follow that? 
not like, oh, show me God. I can't see God. You know, live by faith. But they, they can see the goodness of God in you. Look what it says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had, had before them that we should walk in them. God expects us to do good. In our goodness, we glorify his name. 1 Peter 2.12 says, having your good conversations or your way of life honest among the Gentiles, those who are not saved. There is, they speak against you as evil evildoers. They may be, uh, they might by your good works, which they shall, they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. So we are created for good works. We are called to imitate God, not, not to imitate evil. We are told never to, to be tired of doing what is right, even though other people around are doing evil. We don't follow the crowd. We stand for God and glorify Him. Just because, listen, if, if everybody throws themselves over a peak of a mountain to, a, to an abyss, uh, and everybody, you're going to do the same thing? Or you're going to have some brains and say, that's, uh, that's not good. <laughs> what people do, like people go, okay, where are you going? I'm going too. And boom, boom, oh, they're falling. No, we have to have some brains in our mind and say, that's not good. Even though the world is doing evil around us, we ought to do good. Don't give evil for evil. They do evil to you, do good to them. That's a hard thing to do. Yes, it is. All right, you got some people that is sticking you in the back. You got some people that trashing your name, and you go with the fruit of goodness. Is that hard to do? It is. But let, let them see Christ in you. The hope of glory. Even Romans says, overcome evil with good. Galatians 6.10 says that we have therefore opportunity. Let us do good unto all men. Especially unto those who are in the household of faith. Our goodness primarily should be to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Oh, I'm hurting. I need this. I need that. I'll be praying for you. Brother, I am praying for you. That's sad. Pray, but do something about it, too. Because God says to you and me, how long are you going to pray? I already heard. Do something. So our goodness starts in the house of God with the people of God. Then it goes to all men. They got to see the goodness of the Lord in the house of God. Number, let us see. Focus on things that are good and pure. Listen, why are we to, to, to get our minds in filthy things? What's going to happen? You're not going to have the fruit of goodness. You follow that? You know, it hurts my mind and my heart when people are filthy, are filthy words around me. And believe it or not, I work with people that that life is disrespectful. There was a day that people will hold back on these things. Today, they don't care. If there's children around, we got them around, they do. And to them, it's normal. But let me tell you, the word full of impurity and wickedness on every side, that's the world we live in. But the world is also full of God's goodness. Nobody can deny that, that the goodness of God is displayed everywhere. 
Look up. You see the goodness of God. Go to the ocean. You see the goodness of God. Look at trees. You see the goodness of God. Look at creation. You see the goodness of God. Look at the animal kind. You see the goodness. God is good. What else to say is just evil continually. It's not true. People are evil and do evil things, but God is good. So as the children of God, we should do good. We should be good. We have the spirit of God in us, and if we submit to the spirit of God, we will produce the fruit of goodness in our life every day. We can't grow, or we can't grow in the good, we can grow in the, in the goodness of God by focusing our mind on the things that are good. Look what it says right here. Let me give you some verse. The Bible is giving giving you some light on this thing. Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Let the love that love be without dissimulation. Arbor that which is evil and cleave to that which is good. Philippians 4, 7, it says, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. But look, I love this verse. Go, actually, go to uh, uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Let's read this together in verse 9. When you get, tell me when you get there. Philippians 4, 8 and 9. Look what it says, our mind. We're talking about the mind when I focus on the things that are good and pure. Look what it says. What, look what God says about this. You ready? Okay. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. If we have our mind saturated on those things, evil does not come to our mind because our mind is saturated with good things. And when our mind is saturated with good things, we do what? Good things. Our legs go to places of good things, and our hands begin to do good things, and our mouth begin to speak good things. Let us be our last words right here. Ask the Lord to develop the fruit of goodness in your life. Ask the Lord. Remember, the fruit of the Spirit is ultimately something that God does rather than you doing. So ask God to develop the fruit of goodness in your life. Be willing to submit to the Lord's will by allowing Him to sit at the steering wheel of your car. Sit in the passenger seat. Lord, you are in control. You take the steering wheel. Lord, Take me and, let, and help me to do good things. You know how much pain and headaches is going on in our world today? You know how many people are suffering? You know what they need? They need a good word. They need a good hand because they don't have many hands. I conclude with this. The Bible tells us that the human heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And so, yes, we need a new heart. We need the goodness of the Lord. And God is a good God. And he gives good things to those who ask. Are you asking God for his goodness? Think about it. God is good. And the Bible tells you, I have not because you ask not. And when you ask many times, you don't ask in faith. Sometimes we wonder why God doesn't give it to us. We say, child, I need a little more faith. And you have no faith. You're asking me doubtingly. 
let's ask the Lord to touch them because we believe that our God is a good God. He is a good God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your goodness and for your love and mercy. Lord, it's because of your goodness that we are saved. It's because of your goodness that we go into heaven. It's because of your goodness, Lord, that people change. Their behavior change, their words change, their lifestyle change, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the goodness of the Lord. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.